Hey, let me make some copies or I'm gonna cut ya. Butterscotch shenanigans. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 35 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm the webs programmer. And I'm Sam and I make art. And today is January 19th, 2016. And before we get started, we have a warning. Anything can happen on this show. There may be profanity, perhaps innuendos. Uh, so if you're too young for that, if you're sensitive, if you got sensitive ears, then get out. Or put I have a question. Earmuffs. What? So what does fanity mean? Because if we're if we're profanity, mm. what does that? Well, it's the, it's the opposite of anti-fan-fanity. Right. So yeah. then, anti-fanity might fanity be mean? like saying nice things about people. I guess. Well, yeah, I guess there, there's just fanity, you know, which is just saying things. Is fanity like whelmed where you can only be over and underwhelmed? Yeah, it doesn't exist in a neutral state. Mm. It doesn't, it doesn't have its middle form, you know? Well, it doesn't yeah. have an anti-form either, really. It's just you can only be for it. Which I think yep. says something about profanity, which is that, which is that it's take great. Take a fucking chill pill. Every, <laughs> it's great. Everybody <laughs> just needs to enjoy it. Although, no, because you can be profane. No, shit. There's still fane. Ah, shit. All right, so what's going on this week <laughs> in the news? Crashlands is launching in two days. As and far as we're concerned, it's the only piece of news. Yeah. Yep. If you're if you're listening to this podcast on the day that it comes out, it's actually tomorrow when the game comes out. Uh, so that's kind of a big Wait a deal. second. That was very confusing. I don't know what you mean by that. It's coming out on Thursday, <laughs> January 21st. Yeah, that's better. Let's use absolutes. And Crashlands is our action RPG, story-driven, crafting-driven, fighting, taming, questing, boss-fighting, base-building game. It will even do your laundry for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, sorry. That's a DLC that we're coming out with later. The laundry DLC. The laundry yeah, but, I mean, DLC. in order for the DLC to work, you have to buy your own washing machine. And then and do then your laundry. You do your laundry. But you just pay uh, us some money whenever It's a happens. pretty elaborate DLC scheme, but, uh, I mean, it's the first of its kind, so there's not really any competition. Yeah, we're so pioneers. I think, I think we have the market cornered on that. Innovation! But, aside, I mean, aside from the laundry DLC, the... Price will be the price of Crashlands will be fifteen dollars on Steam, so that's Mac and PC, and five dollars on mobile, which will be on Google Play and iTunes. Yeah, and and we do have a launch date discount of one penny, so you can actually get it for fourteen ninety nine on Steam. Yes, and, and um, just kind that. of as a gesture of goodwill, we're going to be carrying that launch day discount in just in perpetuity. Yeah. yeah. It's an all-day, every-day discount starting at launch day. Yeah, but we're still going to call it a launch day discount, because yeah. so that, just to avoid confusion. Before we move along from this, we should probably say how you can get Crash Lands besides just saying it's on Steam. Because if you're listening to this and the game isn't out yet, you might be listening to this today. You're going to be like, what? The day before. So if you want to make sure you don't forget that this game, this glorious, amazing game, is appearing on Thursday, you can go to Crashlands.net. And mm -hmm. sign up for a launch day email. We'll just tell you all about it and tell you how to get it via your your email account. Just, you know, straight to your inbox. Like, what else could you even want? Right in the inbox. But if you're really gung-ho about it, we will be hitting the publish button on Google Play and iTunes at 11 p.m. Central Time on Wednesday night, January 20th. Yeah. And we'll be hitting the go button on Steam at 7 o'clock in the morning Central Time, January 21st. Yep. And if you're already on Steam, you can go ahead and add Crashlands to your wish list. And we will send you an email through there as well. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's a lot of ways. Uh, but it's it's coming. It's coming down the pipe. And we've also had a bunch of YouTubers and streamers playing it over the past week, which has been freaking awesome. Uh, Sam has been keeping up with that the most as our press guy. Mm -hmm. So what what have we seen? Well, I presume you're talking about my bench press is what you're talking about when you yeah. say I'm press guy. Yeah. So well, and and obviously shoulder press. Yeah. So the you know, the 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 quest for gains has gone well. You know the press mm -hmm. gains. Uh, we've seen. I think probably I oh, we don't have a total count yet because uh, Steam Spy hasn't caught up with all of our our YouTubing action, but. Uh, We've had several videos that have over 50,000 uh, views on them and stuff from people like Paul Suarez Jr., which is a great name, um, 
And then I think some of our some of our favorite ones that we want to highlight today are Generic B and Splattercat Gaming because these two guys, uh, Generic B is just like a really upbeat and positive dude. He's just he's so excited when he's playing the game and finding out new stuff. It's just really fun to watch. And then Splattercat is a little more sort of <laughs> a little more profane to go back to the intro. <laughs> He's also really good at uh, at the the art of the constant monologue. Yeah, yeah, so he just talks the whole time, and it's oftentimes actually quite funny. And then he actually does uh, voiceovers for the characters in the game. And he's for some reason clung on to a sort of like extremely gruff uh, redneckish Southern. I don't know what it is. So some sort of Southern voice for the ten drop, and it's they hilarious. almost sound like Beetlejuice. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I totally recommend amazing. checking that out. Uh, we made a playlist on our YouTube that has a bunch of our uh, more people than this in our in our uh, playlist there, so you can go check those out. If you yeah, want to so go to the plays. go to the Butterscotch Shenanigans YouTube to see the playlist of the ones that we were highlighting. And if you're looking for the guys to talk about in particular, Generic B, Generic is spelled with a K, and B is just spelled with the letter B, just the letter B. So you can look look that guy up. He's yeah. got a big channel, so it'll be easy to spot. And then on top of that, we've gotten a few uh, uh, Twitch streamers who've been really go into town on it and the the sort of most intense guy has been riptide pal uh who i think might be streaming on launch day i'm not sure yet uh we're trying to get him to stream on launch day as well but he streamed for eight hours straight twice was it twice or just once yes i think he's he's made it into the second biome um and it was just so pumped and every time he was about to do a creature embiggening uh which which you'll experience once you get the game it's a very intense moment. Uh, he sort of he sends a tweet out and like invites people to come watch this because it's this very ridiculous, uh, juicy moment. So uh, it's been a lot of fun watching them. And then Amber's Arcade is a, is, a, is a smaller stream for a streamer that we actually met at Indie PopCon. And she's awesome. She's She does like a really intensely good job of kind of uh, rebranding her, her... Theming. Yeah, theming her... Uh, stream to be around the crash scene stuff. So she actually, she asked us what the fonts were for it. We gave her the fonts. We, and then she dug up, she basically looked at the screenshots and dug up color codes for uh, for the various sort of main theme colors that are used in Crashlands and then made a bunch of over, like the art that goes on the stream itself is all basically Crashlands themed. And if you donate on her thing, then like Juicebox pops up and it's like, thank you. you know? uh, <laughs> no, it really doesn't like, say thank you. It does the Crashlands scream from the trailer. Oh, it does? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to see some pretty epic themed gameplay, you should check out Amber's Arcade. I'm, I'm, I'm almost 100% positive she'll be doing a lot of streaming around launch day. Yeah. Yeah. So, and as far as as far as reviews go, um, there's still an embargo on those, and there shouldn't shouldn't be any reviews coming out until launch day. But inevitably, you will see some, <laughs> because embargoes were made to be broken, much and, like rules and hearts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and otherwise, the last piece of news we have. What do we got? Is a bullet point that I don't understand. It says <laughs> slice of the unmade trailer. Ooh, that sounds like a like a. Novel it sounds title. like a horror film. It does. Yeah. So, well, what actually happened though is we went to uh, Patrick's house, and Patrick is the sound guy from Fat Bard who made all the music. He's one him. half of Fat Bard, and he gave us his, you know, his direction and his studio for a little bit, and did some let us do more voice acting for what was supposed to be a launch day trailer. Which, given some other stuff that happened last week, and then everything that's just been leading up to launch, we actually just haven't had time to put together. It turns out launching a game takes a lot of work. It takes a lot so of work. And on top busy. of that, making one of these trailers actually takes about uh, between three and five days for me. And so we were coming up on, I believe, Wednesday of last week, and I still had all this other stuff to do. And we were like, eh, the current one's good enough. It does the job. So uh, I'm just going to insert, maybe we'll just insert a slice. What I want to do is just give people basically the audio. Uh, an audio clip from the unmade one that they could they could enjoy. Should we just play the exclusive. whole thing? I mean, it's a it's a minute long. Sure, we could just we'll just insert it in here. I'm gonna insert right here so you can just enjoy it right about now. Welcome to Wonope. It's a huge world with huge problems, and for some reason, you're the only one who could set things right. Video games. Crashlands has reasons to do things. Meet strange characters, do quests, fight huge bosses, medium bosses, and slightly smaller bosses. Get out there in the fresh air of nature. Slap some grass, chop a rock, use your floppy trowel to pry one of these green things off the ground and then feed it to this red thing, causing a chain explosion of regurgitation. Cray! 
Ashley! Then take all those components and build whatever you want. Make a table, make a beanbag, make some pants from the skin of a hideous torso demon from the underworld. With just shy of 400,000 recipes, you might finally be able to make something that your father could be proud of. Crashlands! Are you feeling over-encumbered by the sheer number of things you can craft? No, you're not! In Crashlands, you can't be over-encumbered. Your inventory is infinite and manages itself. It can hold everything except all that emotional baggage you're carrying around. <laughs> <laughs> can you identify circles? Cones? Other shapes? Then you're ready to take on the vicious alien beasts of Wonope in glorious battle. Use your crafting powers to customize your fighting style with sticky bombs, flamethrowers, omelets, finger rings, sun mirrors, pincushions, slurricanes, fetishes, shock rods, shivs, heating pads, blood balls, rain tubes, and eyelashes, thunder cars, plane jackets, snowball machines, mopeds. But don't worry, you won't be fighting alone. All the creatures you encounter can be tamed and kept as death-dealing cuddle beasts. Who's my little buddy? You are, yes you are, yes you are, yes you are. Fluffy sit! Sit down! You're gonna be on this planet for a while, so you might as well make yourself comfortable. Manifest your dream home with a build mode so convenient, you'll be like, Oh, hey, yeah, this is... This is actually super sp By the power of B-Scotch ID! You can move your save from PC to mobile and take your gaming anywhere. Play at home, play at work, play at your own wedding. You never have to stop playing. So what are you waiting for? Get Crashlands on everything today and tell your family you'll never see them again. Crashlands! Okay. That's it. Alright, cool. That was great. I mean, I assume. Yeah, we, we yeah. ins we're gonna insert it after the fact, so it probably sounded awesome. Yeah, I mean, we just we actually just waited for like three seconds after Sam said now. Yeah, just, it's it's yeah. a very confusing time for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so with that, we're just gonna jump right into questions this week. We've we've uh, scraped our questions list for all Crashlands related questions. Like an itchy back. So our goal is to burn through all of these before the end of the podcast. We have three hundred and twelve questions, you guys. So put some put on some depends. Get a big gulp and saddle up, because it's question Those time. Those were a lot of weird words. Just <laughs> together. Saddle up your depends. All right, so first question comes from Anonymous. Oh my god, the hacker group. The the hackers, Anonymous. Um, they're pretty big. They're pretty big into Crashlands. Uh, Anonymous asks, <laughs> Yo, dudes. up, bro? I just wanted to know how Sam designed Flux and why he decided to make her a female character. Keep on rocking it, bros. Thanks, Anonymous. <laughs> That's the inflection implied by the question. I think Seth has Seth has some pictures of some early characters from the game. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We need to we need to put those. Somewhere. Which are so hideous. <laughs> if you look at our blog posts from probably a, a year ago, you'll see that Flux was a sort of male-looking character. In a the giant nosed suit. character. Well, it looked like a dude who was being attacked by a sleeping bag. <laughs> the man who's just being slowly devoured. Yeah, just face. just as a quick recap though of the character evolution. Started as a robot with interchangeable limbs. Well, no, no, no. Before that, it was an orange blob. It was an orange blob, then a robot. With but by robot, limbs. you mean like a Roomba, right? Like a flat. Well, no, 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 I guess that, that was, the, that was the really, really early prototype before anything actually was. Really made. Right. So we got Roomba, so Roomba blower guy, blob, robot with interchangeable limbs, then very oddly proportioned spaceman being eaten by a sleeping bag, being eaten by a sleeping bag with super weird curvy wrists. <laughs> then was a spaceman that had Flux's exact shape and proportions. Well, space person, but a well, it was it was a it was, it was kind a of a it was kind of man like. In, in a lot of ways. And then finally, we landed on the Flux suit design. So I don't know, Sam, you want to talk about well, how so we, that happened. We went to, we were thinking about making, before we actually had a story to put in the game, when the game was much smaller in scope, uh, we had anticipated actually letting people basically like, choose your character color, your visor color, and then your uh, suit color. And so you, we didn't have a character, actually. And your player name. Yeah, and your player name. And so uh, we went back and forth about this for a while. And when we decided to actually make a story, we realized that that would be, we'd be missing out on an opportunity to expand our universe in a pretty meaningful way. Yeah, and make make an actual character. character that people could, you know, get into. And Yeah, and so all like of our characters. Link. Yeah, like yeah. Link. And so all of our characters up to this point have been dudes or dude-esque, I think. And so we're like, okay, well, it's female now. That was pretty much the extent of it. And the idea is that she's wearing a power suit, so... Um, even if it's like a fat tubby dude inside of that thing, you're not going to know, uh, mm -hmm. by looking at it. So, uh, Flux is, is the sort of first female character on our, on our, in our universe, in our cast, uh, which we're pretty excited about. And as far as her being, um, purple and gold, 
Those are the was, butterscotch colors. They are the butterscotch colors, but I think I remember I did a bunch of different variations of it, and for for whatever reason, that just happened to be the one that sort of felt the best in the savanna, which is the only biome we had done at the time. Um, I assume that if we had actually started with it in the bog, which of course is very purplish and reddish by itself, she probably would have ended up being a very different color. Um, yeah, of course. So, by the time you get into the bog, you're wearing armor that covers up all of your right appearance anyway. But so much of the early design just has to do with, okay, like build the character, uh, put her in the game. Does it look good when she's running around in this environment? And if the answer is no, then you just like use a different color scheme. So there's just a lot of iteration and, and that sort of thing on that. I think a lot of it also comes down to landing on a character that we can sort of feel like is iconic in yeah. some way. Um, you know, it's, with every game we make, we have the intention of it being a cultural phenomenon, which of course hasn't happened yet. Uh, <laughs> but but the idea should be that if a if you have a character that's instantly recognizable as its own unique thing from your game and from nowhere else, then that's the opportunity to make like really cool action figures and plushies and you know whatever. We did. I mean, we actually ran into a bit of a snafu with this. I think once we started doing some of the press release stuff, because we had we had some people commenting. There's some. It's like I think it's Skull Dad from one of the Behemoth. The guys who made Castle Crashers made a game called Skull Dad or something like ten years I think ago. It was just on new grounds, right? And it's a it's a hugely muscular purple dude. So it's with like, a it's, tiny head. With a tiny head, uh, who has like a basically a skull mask, uh, which is just white. It's like a paper mask, though, right? It's as if he has a I skull th- cut out of paper. Sort yeah, of, I like, think so. Yeah. Um, but so we got a lot of people who were like, "Oh, is this like is this the a Behemoth game, or is this the character from that?" And we didn't actually know. None of us knew that this thing existed. It also well, there was like, more what? people accusing us of stealing that character. Well, yeah, but that's what people people doing, gently yeah. asking the question. So I think in, in that regard, I think you know, if I would have if if we would have known of that particular character i probably would have done something a little bit different with the helmet design just to make sure that it was you know far enough out but i didn't freaking know so <laughs> there yeah, it is it's funny though. i mean it it's happened a number of times design. like we had a yeah. uh, hugo duco who's the villain who was originally named q yeah same thing right yeah, apparently there is an alien guy in star trek named q and so when we would tell people oh yeah so the villain his name is q which is actually short for quetzalcoatl People would look at us and they go, oh, okay, so you took that from Star Trek. We're like, what the fuck? Like, we didn't know about that. So <laughs> so we had to change the villain's name. Um, yeah, I don't it know. It turns out there's almost nothing you can do that someone hasn't already done. And since everything has a following of some sort and then you get on the internet. So any mm-hmm. one of those followers of some random thing can be like, hey, you just stole that from this other yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. And of course, nobody said that when Flux was a actually just a generic spacesuit man. Nobody was like, hey, other things have men in spacesuits. <laughs> right. But anyway. Um, so that's Although it's worth noting it. though that that this happened, there were it was literally like three people who brought this this comparison up um maybe six months ago in the first press push. Mm-hmm. And I've not seen any other human say anything about it since then. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It seems like she's she's forming her own identity. Getting there, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. Which is also great because apparently that Skull Dead game is about murdering children with chainsaws. Yeah. So, we yeah, it would be yeah. great to not, to not we, be associated we, yeah. with that. <laughs> we we would we definitely did not steal it, I guess, first of all. And then second of all, really, really don't want to be associated <laughs> with, with murdering children with chainsaws. With murdering children. <laughs> all right, let's hit the next question. Let's do Go it. Adam. I'm going to read it. Read this it. is from Inspector42, who is one of our very active beta testers for Crashlands. Mm-hmm. He asks... When Crashlands is stable and released, along with a creator, whatever will you do to fill the soul-crushing void that will develop in your lives? <laughs> That's I actually like, a very on-point question. I like the, it's really uh, good. the certainty that he's got going on there. This yeah. is going to happen to you, so let's plan. Let's get a plan made. It is. It is now, true, this is though. This is kind of a downer question, so we have to be careful because, you know, we got to avoid downers in, in the podcast. Well, it's. I think it's just a fact of life where... If you completely immerse yourself for years in one particular thing, and that thing has an expiration date on it, it's definitely the case that when that thing ends, it, you there's a period of adjustment where you sort of get lost, and you have to find something to fill that. Yeah, that I mean, it, it is like grief in a sense, right? Um, where something is something that was a big part of your life is now uh, missing, and 
and you just you're it is to create a hole and you just got to figure out what to put in that hole is it going to be another game right in our case we're just going to start developing another game uh is it going to be like you know for the community management is it going to be each of us just saying hey i'm gonna take a little bit I'm going to go play all the video games that I didn't play for the last two years while we were working feverishly <laughs> on this thing, which I think might actually happen. Like I, I, I think, I'm I think interested that's something in that. we ought to do. Yeah. Um, we for we've at talked least about one day taking like a certain amount of time, like a day, maybe two weeks uh, to literally just gorge ourselves on all the stuff that we sort of missed out on. Well, and there's the also years. some continuing education stuff, right? Cause like we've been so focused on making this game and, and everything has been about, the game itself so that, that yeah we've learned a whole bunch of stuff but that was always in the service of solving some problem for Crashlands. Uh, but there's a whole bunch of stuff we want to be able to do like we want to we want to be able to expand our tool set so that when it comes to making another game whether it's for a game jam or for an actual production game that we can then say hey given all this cool stuff that we know how to do how can we apply that to this thing right so there are a few yes. things like that like, that we really that we already kind of have on the you know on the list of our infinitely long list of things to do um that now you know in between games would be a good time to do it but i do actually i think with this game is going to be a little bit different than the others uh we were looking at the uh what do you call it the google statistics for google like trends google trends trends.google.com yeah for a game so if you if you go to that thing and you look up and you just like add on the same chart all of our games including Crashlands then what you'll see is that all of them have these giant, ridiculous spikes uh, at launch, and they just go away, as if they don't exist anymore, <laughs> right? Uh, and so for those, I remember it was definitely true for like Flop Rocket when we got that out uh, about a year ago, um, that there was this huge, overwhelming excitement about getting it featured on iTunes, and everybody was downloading, and everybody was talking about it, and that literally lasted for two weeks, yeah, it's it's remarkable to look at it on the Google Trends because it's just a spike. There's nothing at all, a spike in March, and then nothing at all f- thereafter. Yeah, it's just super weird. And yeah. so, and this this is a function of of having small arcade games on mobile. That's just kind of what that looks like. But Crashlands is very different. It's a much bigger game. It's you know has this big story component where we think it has a much much better chance of becoming a cultural phenomenon. You know, it, hopefully if everything works out well. Uh, and so that means that it's actually, yeah, it still will be the case that most of the excitement will be around launch. Um, but, it, but I think it, it has the real potential to kind of drag on for a long time in terms of being in people's minds. And so, you know, for several months, we're still, cause we still have to get the creator out. So we still got a few more months of work after launch. Um, we have all the maintenance, we're going to be adding new content and stuff. So there's, there's still actually a lot to do. And now that we want to make sure we really tie all these games together in the same universe, the games that come after it will be so sort of heavily networked uh, conceptually to Crashlands that we'll actually never really leave it behind. True. Mm-hmm. So I think we might be okay. Uh, the other thing, though, is that we're going to have uh, it, we're going to have a totally different fan base right now, um, which is that previously all the games are kind of, I mean, they I don't want to call them disposable, but in a sense, uh, mobile game experiences sort of feel like that in, in a, in well, a small arcade way. games, right? Yeah, and so this is our first one that, I mean, this is a, like, you can really put time into this thing, you know, like 60 hours or so, um, or more. Yeah, well, and any given hour is different than any other hour. Right, right, exactly. So the the sort of ability for people to actually build uh, a community around this particular project is also completely different than our previous ones. And so I'm really excited about also spending some time after the launch, literally just kind of hanging out with our new tribe, in a sense, because... Yeah. We've had we've had a very small contingent of people uh, who have actually been with us for probably actually since very close to the beginning, um, but it's always been very small. And every time, well, who have been with us and very actively engaged with us, right? And every single time one of these games came out, though, interestingly, so Flop Rocket, for example, when that came out, it blew up huge. Uh, I think it probably only added like so that game got downloaded a million and a half times in a week. Yep. Uh, I honestly think it probably added like five people who have stuck around sort of in our community. Yeah, we got about 20, 25,000 B-Scotch IDs from it. Yeah. And then like yep. five active community members. Well, right. we had, yeah, well, we had a couple thousand people, you know, consequently also log into the forums. Um, but but the vast majority of people who, who get to that sort of, you know, funneled end step of, of taking, you know, actually logging into the forums for some purpose, either are complete lurkers or just only log in that first time and then never come back. Right. And so I'm excited also because like the 
the style of game that Crashlands is means that there's just there's just a lot more opportunity for people to create a community and a culture around it. So and, and there's more to talk about with each other about it. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited for that part, and I think I I'm thinking that all of these things sort of together will help us fill this inevitable void that's going to creep in here. I mean, I've already been kind of weirded out because uh, we don't have anything to do. You know, really. I mean, yeah, we kind of set up all the dominoes to sort of begin falling about a week before launch. And we already flicked that first domino. And now we're just kind of standing here watching everything. Yeah, we just wait. Which is, I mean, we are all actively working, but but there's nothing like super stressful or everything that has to be done is done. Yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like, it honestly kind of feels like nothing that we do really is going to, nothing that we do now is going to make the difference, basically. So, you know, is it between a success or between a failure and success or between a success and a huge success? And if it Um, does, we'll never know. If it did, we would never know. But I'm we have a sample like, size of one. There's a weird, there's a weird sort of uh, pointlessness that's creeped in for, for the last couple of days. Because I mean, why are we even here, you guys? You the know? sun's just going to explode in five billion years. Yeah, but then, I mean, one nice thing about having a game studio is that we have a very clear next thing to fill the void with, which is the next game, right? I mean, it's not, it's not like when you move to a new city and you know if you used to hang out with your friends every night and now they aren't there anymore. You know, you have to start over completely and like go try to make new friends or or whatever. As a game studio, we make games. So once Crashlands is done, we fill the void with the next game, mm-hmm. which is nice. All right, let's go on to the next question. All right, I got to Sam. Uh, this one is from the Cact God, who's also a beta tester. If you were to start a game as big as Crashlands now with your new experience, how much faster do you think you could get it done? Ooh, do we? If we get to use our tools that we built. So like the Crashlands creator, for example, what do you guys think? I think, I think we would get it done about 30% faster. Okay. I I could see that because we know, I think we know enough now that we can actually design games from the beginning. And a big reason why Crashlands took so dang long to make was we didn't even know what it was for the first year that we were working on it. Yeah. It was basically just being made. We just kept adding things to it. We're like, Oh, you know, it'd be cool. Seeds. (laughs) like you know it would be sweet if you could tame these creatures there that's a thing now and it just kind of kept happening like that until it became a game yeah yeah so i think if we have we do have more uh sort of pre-designed power i think now than we did before so the good example is that is that is uh the elevator sim game we made do you even lift for the last game jam we did which ended up being the only game we've made where we actually we whiteboarded it for like 40 minutes beforehand, which is already rare that we would spend that much time planning something. Um, we usually cap it at four. And the craziest thing was that, that the damn thing ended up pretty much exactly the same as we had designed it on the whiteboard. Yeah. Like with very little difference. And so the fact that we were able to do that, we're, at, we're, we're, we're sort of skilled enough or... or uh, I don't want to say skilled because I feel don't, still don't feel we have enough skilled, experience that we can sort of understand the implications of our design decisions. Right, <laughs> right. So I th- yeah, I think I would say probably at least thirty percent faster. But um, yeah, here's here's the crazy thing about that sort of realization is even though that's even though that's kind of the case now that we can probably design a game and mostly get the design right, um, we're still going to be missing. I would say probably a good third of it, if not more, for a bigger game, maybe even half of it will have to end up being different by the time we get to the end. Yeah, well, because um, you learn what actually ends up being fun or interesting about. Yeah, but what's what's crazy things. about this is you meet so many people who have never actually sat down and, and made a game, but they are carrying around books and books of game design ideas that they have. Yeah. Uh, and they're all, and they're trying to pitch them to people to get them made, which is crazy to me that you could attempt to design a game without ever having actually made one yourself, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. It's It just don't my, work. My know? early my early design, when I first started working on games, I had a, a well over 100-page game design document for my first game, and it, it was the worst thing in the universe. <laughs> and the more I worked on it and the more I stuck to my design, the worse the game uh, got. So, yeah. I don't know. I so think, faster anyway. Yeah. I think iteration <laughs> is the way to go when you're first uh, when you're first learning. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Next question comes from Anonus. Anonus should not be confused with Anonymous. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's just Anonus. It's just Anonus. Who asks? Will controllers be supported in Crashlands? No. Nope. Next question. Great talk. 
Next question comes from X-Ray. <laughs> X- well, we should, we should probably add right. the, the one caveat to that, which is if the game is super successful and uh, we get the opportunity to put it onto consoles since those require controllers. Only then. Only then will we try to figure out a way to make it work. Because, and this is the most important point, the game was completely designed around the single touch sort of input or mouse click input uh, with or without um, keyboard hotkeys. So the entire, like the balance of the game, the way combat works, everything about it, the the way that you interact with that thing is designed around that. And so what you're basically asking when you ask for controller support is to say, please redesign the game so that I so can that hold I can a different this thing, other thing. <laughs> hold yeah. a different thing in my hand while I play it. Yeah, that, yeah. that is literally what the question asks. I mean, people, when people ask for, you know, an alternate control scheme for a game, if a game is well designed, then that should always be a completely nonsensical question. Um, because the game should be designed for the control scheme. They should be, des- they should be you know, developed in tandem with each other. Yeah, that's, it's interesting that we're getting this question so much from from people before the game comes out because nobody's played it yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And they that. look at it and they just assume that it should have a controller. But we've actually had a few um, streamers and YouTubers who at the very beginning, when before they hit the play button, would make a comment about how they were bummed out that there's no controller support. And then after they would play for about 15 minutes, the comment would, would slip out something like, I can't really imagine how you would use a controller with this game. <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. doesn't make sense yeah. for the game. It, it plays great with the touch or the click, um, and it just doesn't really... It's basically like Diablo. So Yeah, it's, it's you designed... Can, I think they do games. have that now. They, they managed to do it for Xbox or something. They have it. It's on console now, but, but I mean, that's a long... That's a slog. Yeah. Um, but we will be implementing uh, Oculus support, but only with... Uh, the left flight. eye, just the only left the left eye. eye, and you also need to use a flight sim joystick. <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that's I mean that's kind of our compromise and a DDR that's our middle, pad. Yeah, that's our a DDR round. pad to get around. Mm-hmm. All right. So next question comes from X Ranils. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Sure. X Ranils. Ranils says, "There any reason for choosing three bosses per biome as well as the three biomes in Crashlands?" Just asking because, <laughs> as far as I'm aware, you also have three biomes and three bosses per biome in Talvite Two. He's on to us, abort. <laughs> so we love the rule of threes. Um, it just kind of just kind of happened that way in both cases, but it just feels like the right amount. Yeah, you of get things. You get some room to set stuff up. You get some room to sort of expand it, and then you get some room to close it down. You know? Yeah, yeah well, and as a as a video game player, I mean, this is also what we've been trained to be used to. Like ever since the you know beginning of Nintendo, um, how many bosses or how many hits does it take to take it takes down three a boss? Hits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just some something about that number feels good, and and it, and it kind of adds a predictability to it, right? It's like it's somehow when you get to the third biome, like yeah, the story tells you that you've gotten to the end and so on, but it it just kind of like. It's the third time you're doing it. You're kind of like, this feels about like when this thing should be over. It's the third act. It's the third act. Yeah, I wonder why that is. I mean, there's something special about it. So, so for example, numbers, like a, a cluster of objects, if it's five or less, your brain actually doesn't have to count them individually. It, can, it just counts them like as a whole. So mm-hmm. uh, it's called subitizing, is the ability to, to basically grasp the quantity of a, a pile of objects uh, as a whole. So... Any number like five, four, and three, and obviously two and one is very, very obvious. But those higher numbers uh, are something that you can just totally grasp. I wonder if there's just some sort of natural ease with which, and then we have like three act plays. I don't yeah, know. But there's I, just I think, something I think about something about like having only two. It just it would feel weird. It just you want to stick the word only in front of it. right. Yeah, it's the it's the minimum number of things That's for something one. for something to be plural. You know? <laughs> right. uh, but four just kind of feels like you're dragging it out. You know, right? Yeah. I don't know. Just three is so, the best. Just which the best number. Means, yeah, it's it's arbitrary but feels good. And so so you got to be three biomes, it. three bosses per biome. Boom. Three phases per boss fight. What are you gonna do? Just the wish is the best. Three evolutions of your of your creatures. Yep. Yep. Everything. Mm-hmm. You know it. Okay. Uh, next question. Who's got this one? Is this Sam's me? Sam's got it. It's I'm just me. Anybody can just take one. This isn't structured. Uh, this We're just is... flying off the cuff here. Hey, this is rule of threes, man. It's my turn. I'm third. 
Uh, this is from Razenth, who asks, what was the funniest bug that's happened in Crashlands? And then, secondly, how has the experience of the big this big of a project been? Uh, mm. I still think funniest bug is the Vama explosion bug, which, just to quickly recap that one, if you pause your map while a Vama, which is the first creature you'll find in the second biome, uh, while it's attacking you, the Which vomit, it does by vomiting explosive tadpoles into the air. It will continuously vomit these tadpoles, but they're actually frozen in time because you're in your map. So if you then close your map, time will unfreeze, and a barrage of stored-up vomit tadpoles will rain upon you like hellfire. <laughs> well, I That's think this was because... Wasn't it because the, the map didn't actually pause the game, it just slowed it down super slow? Was yes, that... it slowed it to 5%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they would just keep vomiting at their normal speed. But then they would be frozen into 5% time once they left the, the right. mouth of the... And it's some, for some reason, their, sort of their timer that, that dictates the rate at which they vomit tadpoles was not being affected by the slow motion. So, and this bug is still present, right, in the release build? It, it's still there, but you can't open your map anymore. Ah. Uh... Too bad. It's too bad because that's my favorite. Yeah. My my favorite one was a little bit more subtle, but we used to have a thing in the game called a Wamparito, which was a burrito that you would feed to a Wampet in order to tame it. And we since then we have removed the Wamparito, mm-hmm. but it's it still exists in the game's code as an item, and it does have an image. It's a burrito, and for some reason. There was a, for the longest time, there was a bug where anytime you would click on an item, like a door or a piece of furniture or something. Oh, yeah, it would show the little image. Yeah, something that you yeah. could interact with that didn't require a tool. It would show a picture of the burrito on top of the item. <laughs> so that was just like the default. <laughs> no tool needed. I'm going to whack this with the burrito. I'm sure it'll work. Uh, that bug was there for like six months. Uh, it, was, it was elusive. I you somehow know, never even, I didn't even know that was there. I never probably didn't it. notice it. You're like, oh, sweet burrito. I was the only one who noticed it. I don't know why, but that burrito just it plagued me for months <laughs> until I finally found the source of what it. What about, uh, what do you guys think about the, the experience of working on this big of a project? I mean, I think it's fair to call it a, actually, I was going to say a roller coaster, but that's super inaccurate. It's really just been, and not even a slog. It's just yeah. been a thing we've been doing. It's kind of weird. It's almost. It's been, kind of like being in a mine cart. It's like a. Well, I think <laughs> in what in what way? Is it? In what way? <laughs> it's just moving forward at the same speed all the time. Uh, no real ups, no real downs. Just kind of just keep on moving. Oh, so you're crazy. not you're not talking like video game mine carts. You're talking like real I'm talking like a cars. Minecraft mine cart that's just on a flat plane that somehow is self propelled at the same speed all the time. It's one of those mine carts. I see. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, it's become so integrated into just, like, what I do on the daily, I guess, that it just, like Adam said, it just literally just feels like a thing that I happen to do. Like like brushing my teeth or eating yeah. food. I Wake up, but the fact is, yeah, it's part, <laughs> of the, it's part of your daily workflow, right? It's it, never, yeah. Yeah, and it has been for so long that I think it's, it's, it is true that, that uh, it's, it is going to be odd to not have that particular thing be the thing that I do on the regular and it actually was but I think it won't I just don't think it even will be because there'll be, a, there'll be a transition period for sure but then we'll be just doing the next thing which will well, yeah, just be well, yeah, yeah. but I think the year. transition period is always the weird one because you're like yeah. what I mean what if you know <laughs> what if you stopped eating breakfast and you started eating brunch every day right so you that, sounds, that sounds like an excellent idea it yeah, does I sound think great that would be an easy transition <laughs> <laughs> That was not a good example. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying, it's, you know, it's one thing you're doing, and then and then another one. So I think actually, what I'm gathering, Sam, yeah, is right. what you're getting at here is that we need to find the equivalent of a brunch upgrade for Crashland. <laughs> yeah, we're going to so hit that brunch. there's no transition period. So we need to figure out how to sort of collapse the concept of bacon into a game and coffee into a game. Well, you know how the and behemoth, add waffles. The Behemoth named their upcoming game, which they didn't know what the name of it was, game number four. I think. Oh yeah, is that game? game what it, was that game out yet? No, I don't think so. I don't think it, it looks no. hilarious. I want to um, play. Yeah, it. it looks great. But I think we should just we'll code name our next game brunch. Code name brunch. Code name brunch. Everybody yeah. who's listening will understand. Everybody else will be very confused. And it's gonna be great. Be like, <laughs> is it a game about breakfast food? These guys yeah. would do that. <laughs> I yeah. also I also want to say true. that working on a game of this size <laughs> is pretty weird because of the fact that. After a certain point, after the game reaches a certain 
scale. It, almost nothing you do feels like it really matters that much. Yeah. You know, like when you're adding item number 985 to the game, which we do have, uh, it it doesn't feel like that much more of a big deal than item 984 Well, did, in fact, know? it's actually mostly the changes to the original parts of the game. Yeah, you're just, you're just tweaking things, adding no, no, very small things. No, what I'm saying is, is yeah, like it doesn't feel like all the tweaks and that kind of stuff are, are that big of a deal. But in fact, it, it's the, the parts of the game that aren't about it being big, right? Because the thing that, that makes it a yeah. game of this size is the fact that it has 900 items in it and three biomes that are sprung and massive, etc. But the actual gameplay itself boils down to a small number of, of simple interactions that the user has with the game, right? Yep. And those are the things that we've been tweaking, we've been modifying and even redoing since day one. But that was the original part of the game. That's a that's tiny, actually, in scope, right? There's just a small number of things that you do, I mean, actually. you've been able to harvest sawgrass and craft it into two a years. sword since the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And we, But we've actually changed a whole bunch of ways about how that works. Um, and so those, so, the, so basically the weird, the weird thing then is that the parts of a big game that make it what people call big, right? Those are the parts that as you get further and further into it, they seem less and less like they even matter. Yeah. But the, the parts that actually form the core, like the small piece of the game, those are the things that every time you modify them, even whether it's day one or, or year three. Yeah, you'll feel um, it. You just, you feel it. The whole game, the whole game, the massive thing that you have built where every little detail was just another little detail the whole thing feels different all of a sudden. Yep. Yeah. It's so it's it's weird that day to day or even week to week, the game is pretty much the same. But over the course of two years, it's completely different. Yeah. So it's weird. It's a weird right. thing to do. I want to ask the next question because I think it's very important. And it's one from iPod Cake. And his question yeah. is, are you dolphins? <laughs> Uh, it could also be a statement. I just wanted to clear this up mark. before Crash lands. I feel hits. like that's kind of a slam because if I'm not mistaken, dolphins are like huge assholes. They are. Yeah, but so are people. Yeah, that's I think true. You're probably better off being a dolphin. In fact, if you're looking for like a moral yeah. piece, than you now are for those for those of you guys listening who are like, "Whoa, what's this about you guys slamming dolphins?" Just Wikipedia. I want just talk look about up it. look up some dolphin behaviors because they're just they're just <laughs> nasty. Vicious creatures. Uh, They're yeah. not pleasant. Uh, but yeah, I just want to clear it up for the record. Before Crash Lane's launches, for any you dolphin haters out there, we are not dolphins. So put your put your spears down. Unless you love dolphins, in which case we could be dolphins. Yeah, in which case you should educate yourself about dolphins. <laughs> yeah. Quit loving them because they're bastards. <laughs> bastards of the uh, sea. All right, next question comes from Camrox111. I think he's excited, but he forgot to shift. 111. Oh, possible. Uh, in Crashlands, will there be permadeath? And also, I want to know what your next game is going to be other than the Narwhal one. Mm. So, okay. uh, the I'm going to answer the second question first. Sure. The next game. The Narwhal one, is what, what he's referring to is Narwhal Online, which was originally supposed to be launched a month ago. Just, oh, uh, yeah. Just, just to give that. you guys a sense of a lot of terrible things were we supposed to have happened at planning a long time <laughs> in the ago. long term. But anyway, so Narwhal Online is a game we made a year and a half ago. Almost. Two Octobers ago. Two Octobers ago for a game jam. This was just shortly after I joined the studio. And uh, it's a game where you just kill stuff and you play as Narwhals. We won't really get into it except to say that in the third biome of Crashlands, you're going to meet some. You're going to meet some Narwhals. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool. And as far as what the next game is going to be, we don't know, but we already talked about that in the last podcast. So, so good give that a listen, buddy. Yeah, just go to the other, just go to the previous podcast, and we'll just skip that one. Get and then I'll let guy. I'll let uh, I'll let Seth answer the first question, which is: Will there be permadeath in Crashlands? There will be, but not in the official campaign. Uh, permadeath will be added as an optional mutator for the campaigns that people create on their own using the Crashlands creator, which will be coming out sometime after launch. I'm not even going to put a number on it. Don't even. But anywhere between. The day after launch and infinite time to the heat death of the universe. <laughs> Sometime yeah, we can in say, that. We could say with confidence, the future. Yeah. Presumably. Approximately. Yeah. Well, I think this bridges easily into the next question, which is Does again, it? the hacker group Anonymous. Oh my God. We got these guys out of here. Who asks, what game do you most want to see remade in Crashlands through the creator? Ooh. I want to see something like uh, the original Zelda. <laughs> For Zelda Link's Awakening. 
Which one is which? What platform? That was, was on that the on? Game Boy. The Game Boy one. Yeah, I think that's the uh, only Zelda I've really actually played the entire. But game. here's the problem that we need to solve. We yeah. don't have pushable blocks, man. We don't have blocks you could push. That's easy. We can fix that. Like so. Minutes. Yeah, it, we we may actually need to you know over the next few months while we work on the creator patch, we may need to add some puzzle elements that players can put in mm-hmm. to the game. Um, so that would be freaking awesome yeah we talked about doing that for the the original launch of the game as well but it's one of those things that we're like oh this is going to take a bunch of time to figure out let's just put that on the back oh man designing puzzles is the worst yeah it takes a long time well i think for me i'm i'm more interested in what things people make with the creator that i am just going to be completely confused or astounded by because like i think zelda i could easily see that being that's totally possible with creator it's very easy for me to see happening I'm just curious what things I'm going to make where I'm just going to be like, Damn. You want to be surprised. I want to be surprised. Yeah. So I don't even know. That's what I want to see. I want to be surprised. You will be. You, you There's also going to be a lot of dicks. Oh, yeah, man. Dick ships everywhere. Yeah, it's going to be just dicks on the gr- dicks drawn on the ground. And just for those of you uh, listening, that will be really not interesting. Just That will not be interesting. <laughs> that so that is, if you give someone the ability to draw a picture on a thing... They will draw a dick. They on will it. draw a dick. On the, it. the first time that Adam got the creator working, the first Same thing I drew, the first outpost, first outpost ever made was a dick, complete uh, with veins. If I yeah, it did. It, it did because you got you got multicolored tiles from all the different yep. biomes. It was like pixel art, man. I went to town. Pixel art, Wang. It really was the worst. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that will not be interesting, um, but. What, I, what I'm curious to see what people do is, is I'm hoping people get really into the story and the characters of the original Crashlands campaign as well as the other games. Because we've because we've made it so that the sort of character classes or races or whatever from other games are all available in this one. And yep. so that means that people can either guess at or just, you know, retell or totally invent uh, all kinds of stories that that would take place in the Crashlands universe, and so I'm I'm just excited to see what people either think is going on because we we haven't for the most part we're just kind of making it up as we go. That's a fact, but we also do have a bunch of kind of background ideas that we haven't made public about what's kind of going on in in the universe that we've created, and it'll be really fun to see people guess at what they think is going on. I mean, it's really cool to me because it's. Uh, I mean, it's really going to take fan fiction to a whole another level because it's not yeah, it's just interactive be, fanfic. Right. It's not just going to be you know written. It's going to be literally someone made an, another storyline of flux. Some adventure flux went on in the bog. You know that you didn't get to see in the campaign, for example. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be so fun for us to play through and, and enjoy. So, I'm pumped. I am excited. All right. Next question from Ulner Evern. Would you give the campaign files for translation to a few people? Also, would it cause any problems? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's basically a question about the practicality of translations. So right. just just so you know, the campaign files is actually just one file, and it's encoded in pure binary. So it would be pretty hard to, to parse that out mm-hmm. into anything Well, we've sensible. talked about, uh, along with the creator, figuring out a way to allow for translations of the main campaign or just of any campaign. Um, so we haven't actually figured it sussed out, sussed out the details Sus! just yeah. yet. But I think we, Adam already made a tool which which could have a very interesting uh, outgrowth, which is the, the editing tool that we built, or I guess the editor tool that we built, which basically runs through every line of dialogue and just asks you every to read it. Every single line of dialogue. And check through. And just, just as a reference point, how many lines of dialogue are in Crashlands right now? There are many lines, but they come out to over 50,000 words. Yeah, I think it's 5,000-ish. If I it's on the order of 5,000 lines. Um, yeah. So before we put up for the beta testers, we went through and went through each one of those lines and reread it to make sure it didn't have any holes. And of course, even when we did that, the beta testers found a ton of typos and stuff. So, I, we're we're interested in putting together a a translation engine that would, that would basically function in a similar way, uh, which allow allow you to pick a campaign, uh, choose to you know work on a translation of it, and then just let the community. Do so that it. if we do that, that would be sort of part of the creator patch, right? Yeah. Because that would be a feature of the of the Crashlands creator. Yeah, it would be the ability to to translate stuff. So. Uh, there, there are a whole bunch of sort of just practical, extreme complications <laughs> for doing it, uh, which, which basically all comes down to the fact that it was the the creator and Crashlands itself 
were just not designed with the expectation of of something like translation of things that already existed. And and so the because the important thing to remember with all of this is that be, because the creator is so flexible uh, and so modular and, and and it was designed so that we could edit something at any moment. And that means we can delete a line of dialogue, we can totally rewrite a line of dialogue, we can move a character from one place to another and swap stories around so that they're in a different order. There's just you can just basically do anything to to a campaign. And, Except translate it. Well, no, because <laughs> but the consequence on translating, right, is like, what does it mean then? Like, if we if we have a translation of a line and then we go delete that line, um, or swap what? its order with something else, or just change one letter because it was a typo or whatever, right? What then? What happens to the translation? Yeah, I mean, so, it, would be, it would basically have to be a living document, right? At this yeah. Point. So, this, so the thing would have to be so it'd have some way to make it so that any time a change happened, it would then basically like flag any translated line to have it looked at again. I mean, there's a, there's a dude, this it's, sounds it's a super doable easy. Thing. I don't, I don't see, but uh, it's yeah. a, yeah, Adam, what's your it's problem? It's a doable thing, but it's going to require just some, some kind of re-engineering it. of the system, which yeah. is just going to, it's going to blow. But seriously, it does sound like a fun, it's, it sounds like a fun problem to figure out how to solve, but not a fun problem to actually solve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, well then to top that off, uh, I mean, a lot of people have asked us about translating the game and it's, and it's cool that people are excited about, doing that but I, i'm just not sure you know what you're asking for it's literally it's, translating an entire book it's, it's there's translating a fucking novel yeah well that and yeah. and there's also over fifteen thousand. i think actually there's seventeen thousand words in tool tips That's yeah right right so. i mean there's just and they're all like made up weird words that we've invented off of our brains and stuff. most so, yeah a lot of the names of items are what's the what's the term for when you take two words and you put them together to make a new word portmanteau board portmanteau i'm gonna go with smorgasbord we use a lot of smorgasbord <laughs> naming conventions um so that that would be also really weird to yeah, do yeah but yeah so kind of the the compromise we previously set it on though that's subject to change if we can figure out a way to make translations work uh, is that we would we would set up a community translator so it is still the plan uh, for all the tool tips and all that stuff so that when people are looking at the the basic contents of the game then they'd everybody would see the same thing and it would be in approximately their language and stuff uh, and that's nice because those things don't change very often and and so that gets around all these problems about being able to edit stuff at any time and from there then we would just the, the, the existence of the creator kind of neatly solved the problem of translations because people can make stuff in their own language and just tell stories in, in their own languages. Mm -hmm. That, of course, you know, it sucks that people can't play our campaign and, like, understand exactly what we're, the story we're trying to tell and so on in their own language, but that's just a, it's a much, much harder problem. Yeah, we, we are also, like, like, like we were saying, the way that we use the English language is generally a little weird. I mean, we're kind of abusing yeah. it. A lot, so <laughs> it it's hard be, to imagine that the jokes are going to work. When no, they wouldn't work. I mean, we'd basically have to ask. I mean, essentially, it would be like, okay, rewrite this, write something like this yeah. in your language, or, it be or better yet, ask. just make a new joke in your own language. Right. Yeah. That's essentially so what at that point, might as well just make your own. Okay. And I mean, if somebody basically, you know, effectively remakes, uh, you know, the Crashlands campaign, but in their own language, that. It's like it's a, actually a similar amount of work to trying to translate the original campaign. Well, I'd say uh, I would I wouldn't say that because I think you're you're well you, get, you have to build the all the programming and all that stuff. yeah so yeah. there's a lot more to do back there but yeah it's we it's something we really want to do but it's a, it's a hard problem so we'll see. we'll see and that also is all contingent on if Crashlands goes well enough with its launch that we can afford to spare that kind of time to solve that problem fact yeah, right. It's all contingent on that. On Thursday. Yes. Yes. All right. Next question comes from Scott. We're getting Steve. close to the end. Close we're to getting the end. Getting close. This would probably be the last question. Well, no, we're going to, we got to do all of them. We're we going to do all of them? Okay. I guess yeah, we'll do all of them. Let's, let's power let's through these. Let's try to, let's try to talk less. How about that? Okay. Shut Scott Steve asks, considering <laughs> the many changes that happened throughout the Crashlands dev process, and now that Crashlands is out, so he's assuming his question will be answered after Crashlands. Hmm. Uh, have you considered publishing a development document of sorts? Just looking back through the blog is an interesting historical journey itself. I can answer this super quickly. Do it, go. We don't have one, so no. Well, uh, yeah, also, uh, if you look back through the blog, almost every single one of those is blog wrong. posts is hilariously inaccurate, which is probably why it's a fun, interesting historical yeah. journey. Once you play the game and you go back and read some of the old dev blog stuff, you're probably going to crack up a lot. 
Cause it's yeah, we'll try to we'll try to put together a post mortem or something about kind of like what we expected, what we thought was going to happen, and then what actually happened. We we pro- will probably do a post mortem talk. Yeah, yeah, we will. Do we that have a tendency sure. to do those, so that that'll probably serve as a nice substitute. But we also yeah. have, you know, thirty five episodes worth of podcasts going back. Uh, four months, five, six months. No, nine months. Thirty five episodes. Months? That's you know, that's a baby. We made a podcast, baby team. Good job. So that's always fun. But I think the other, the last one is that we do have the the Dev Diary crew, uh, the Forever and Astronaut crew, who's following us around. They've been following us since October. So yeah. well, so that, that's about the launch, but not about like. Right, but I guess as far as like really digging into the pre-launch process and like a lot of the stuff going on right now, you'll get a you'll get a whole eyeball full of that uh, once that comes out. And I think they're they're playing around with with when they're going to launch their first episode, so I'm not going to say anything on their behalf. But it will be not too far after yeah, after Crashlands comes out. So. It will be great. Next question: Stay Frosty asks, "Will Crashlands be featured as editor's choice?" I freaking yeah, hope so. Sure. I love the idea that we could possibly know this. Yeah, so yeah. iTunes is very <laughs> mum about uh, about your featuring stuff. They'll they ask you for art, but don't guarantee that they'll use that, which of course is is very costly for a really small studio like us. So yeah, Google uh, Play does the same thing. Google Play, basically all the all of the platform holders do not guarantee. Steam tells you, you literally nothing. Yeah, nobody guarantees you anything ever. Which if you've spent two years working on something and you have one day that is supposed to be like the, the big day and everyone's yeah. like no nah, i'm not gonna tell you what i'm gonna do about it. it's really <laughs> really fucking annoying That's just for the record so we'll be nah, just surprised as everybody as to the position Crashlands ends up in in each of the stores might be editor's choice might be smitter's choice who might, knows might be might not know, even be in the store at all be, yeah who knows well it'll might, be in the store it will might be, be redditor's choice Redditors. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, next question is also from Stay Frosty, who says, Are there any drivable vehicles in upcoming updates? <laughs> Ooh, and how often will there be updates? I uh, assume he's talking about the toilet he's car. He's talking about the toilet. Everybody wants to drive the toilet car. I just, ugh, ugh, I should never have made that demonic hail spawn. I think we just are going to have to make that happen. We're gonna I guess the question is to Seth. It's Seth just going to have to make that happen. No, the question isn't to me, it's to <laughs> Sam. Yeah, <'cause laughs> I, because making a vehicle. Would oh, because it, it has to be able to drive. It has to be able to drive in yes, all a vehicle, directions. A vehicle needs to be drawn in at least five different orientations, yeah. unless it doesn't, which I'm sure I could figure. It out. needs to be <laughs> facing away, up and to the right at 45 degrees. To the right, to the to the bottom right, what 45 if, degrees. No, how about this? Down. How about this? Solve this problem. Let's do it. It still only has two directions, just like everything else, right? <laughs> but but the wheels. The wheels are separate and they turn, but they turn like slow because like they wouldn't drive very fast probably, right? So they, they turn in a visible direction. So the thing just goes in reverse when it's when it's moving away. I got a better idea. <laughs> Fuck wheels! It's hovering. That's what I was going to say. Just make it hover, problem <laughs> solved. Itself. It's yeah. It's just a, it's a juice box equivalent. Yeah, it's a little hover. Exactly. A hover pop. Oh, like Yoda's hover chair. From I would love to stores. make uh, drivable vehicles, hats for your pets. Uh, dye for your pets so you could color them a little bit. Not like tints. not like murder dye, but yeah, like but like like a, a tint. Yeah, know? the problem with dye Pimp is that eye. one of the one of the fancy things about upgrading your pet is the new color that it gets. So right, but I dyeing mean, your pets would sort of, you know. Hey man, if people want it, give people what they want. They want maybe it should be cars. that you can only dye them once they're epic. Yeah, that'd be cool. Ooh. All right, next question. Any Crashlands? Oh, it's from Ulner Evern. Any Crashlands pre-launch fun stats? And since it should be released by the time this is answered, <laughs> how, did the, how did the launch go? Can't answer that question. Boom, done. But first one, uh, the one pre-launch fun stat that is fun to share, uh, and the one thing we were worried about was our presence on Steam. We know that we've established ourselves in the mobile sphere, so we're pretty sure we'll get good coverage there, but we were worried that we you know, would be a whisper on the wind in the Steam market, and we now have, I think, 7,200... People have wishlisted the game, which means we get to send them an email directly uh, once the game launches. And we don't know how this is going to convert into actual sales, but hopefully it's good. I don't know. So that's yeah. the one number we have. Hopefully that one penny launch day discount. Yeah, I mean, really hopefully it incentivizes oh, wow. it. I really, I mean, I'm aiming, I want to get, I would like to get 10,000 units sold on Steam on launch day, mainly because that's what I saw in uh, Indie Game the Movie. You know, from Super Super Meat Boy oh, guys, yeah. they were like, 10,000 units in a day is a success. 
And that was from well, like 10 years ago, but still, I'm going to go What I would like to see <laughs> is 10 billion units sold on launch day. Yeah, I think all of us would like that. <laughs> I don't know why both but, of you guys are, are undercutting the future. <laughs> because just I try to, see I'm just trying to hedge expectations. Quadrillion that's what that's I think we would all like to see I want that. aliens on another planet to be buying this on Steam. <laughs> right, yeah. There needs to be We're and basically to... yeah, aliens are gonna be hacking Steam. So wait a minute, wait universe. a minute. Sam, did you did you submit the game to Alien Steam? Because Oh shit. Ah, uh... The launch is bust. Yeah, we're going to miss it on the, the alien launch hype. I mean, Our, we specifically made the game very alien-focused so we could true. hit that demographic. All right, yeah. next question from Razenth again. Two-ish more days. Hey, Beescotch Bros. What's the hardest part of developing a game like Crashlands? Do you think it will all be worth it? <laughs> I think the hardest part is... Just uh, how fucking long it takes. Well, I was going to say all of the cancer treatments that have to happen. Yeah, during. that was pretty hard. Well, that, that was, no, but this is developing a game like Crashlands. Well, I assume if you're going to develop a game like Crashlands, we don't, we don't have to get cancer. You have to go through the like the whole process. You know? I guess yeah, you got to get cancer twice. Okay, so yeah, you have to get cancer twice. No, no, one of the team members has to get cancer twice. Yeah, right. Everybody or else two just of them has to get watch it once. helplessly from Either the way. sidelines as that yeah, happens. Yeah, so that's definitely the the hardest part. Yeah, uh, okay. that's pretty that, hard. Uh, so the question to Sam then is: Is that how how was that cancer? Was it worth it? Uh, I mean. We'll find out on Thursday. <laughs> well, I think, I think though, to really answer the question, uh, more, more in line probably with what they wanted, I think one of the hardest parts is how open-ended a game like this is. Yeah. It's really easy to make a game. So with Quadrupus Rampage, it's a game where you beat up fish. Like that's what it is. That, that does cover the entirety of it. So game. everything that gets put in the game needs to answer a simple question. Which is does, does this thing? Fish? Does this thing make me beat up more fish better? Uh, and if the answer is yes, then we put it in the game. In Crashlands, it's not a game about anything in particular. It's about a whole bunch of things, uh, and it can really be about whatever we want. And so, including beating up fish, it, it, there, there, could, there actually you is a fish. You get to beat a fish. There is a fish in Crashlands that you can <laughs> punch to death. Uh, which is really sad and morbid when I think <laughs> about it. But uh, yeah, so so having no real constraints on what can go into the game is a real it's a real problem actually because mm-hmm. it also makes it feel like if you don't have a jillion things in the game, it makes it feel like there's not that much stuff going on. Well, here's here's another problem with that though, which is that that's what we call scope creep, which is the slow sort of embiggening of a game to borrow a term from our games, uh, by adding new stuff. So say we took Stay Frosty's example. We said, okay, uh, we want to put drivable vehicles in. Uh, now we actually have to lace drivable vehicles all the way from the beginning of the game to the end of it, which is 60 hours later. So we need to not just make one drivable vehicle. It's not just like a fun side thing. We now need to make like six to 12 of them to make sure that once you get your first one, that you have other drivable vehicles to look forward to in the future. So... Everything, every time we've added something towards the end here, it's been with a lot of sort of argument back and forth as to whether or not it's worth it. Uh, and this is anything even from like floors and pieces of furniture that we realize we probably should put in. We're like, uh, do we want to? Because if we put this chair in here, that means we have to make 12 more chairs. Yep. Well, it's also every, everything we do has implications across everything else, you know, so. Drivable vehicles, you're going to move a lot faster. That means you're going to be collecting a lot fewer resources as you travel because when you move fast, you have a tendency to feel like you should just sort of go, right? So you're going to ignore a lot more stuff, which means it may actually slow down crafting in favor of making you move between quest hubs faster or something. Um, We also, I mean, we have teleporters in the game, so you can already fast travel once you've been to a place. Uh, so the only purpose of a vehicle would be to get to a new place that you haven't been to. Yeah, I All think vehicles, they'd purely be a novelty one-off item. Yeah, for sure. That's the yeah. only way it would make well, sense. I think so, uh, but attacking the the last part of the question, do you think it'll all be worth it? I Not to get too sentimental here, bros, but I think being able to say, hey, I almost died this one time and... Two times. I guess these, <laughs> these two sorry. times. These, it was like one long time, or these for, two times. For a long time. Uh, and my brother's 
came together to make a fucking 60-hour masterpiece of a game with me, uh, and like as a unit, not even with me, it's like as like together, uh, it already is worth it, frankly. I don't give a shit if anybody's like, oh, I can't do X, Y, or Z in this game. I'm, it's fine, you know? <laughs> it's fine, dude. We had a great time making it. I hope we make a, I hope we make a killing on Thursday. We don't have to worry about grocery money or pill bills anymore. But even, but if, even not, if we don't, we had a great time. We had a yeah. good run, you know? And we're going to keep having a good run. Damn right. Because we don't give a fuck. Yeah, there is one more question, but I feel like that was a good one to end on. So we should just leave that other one. All right, cool. Let's do it. That's my vote. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been Coffee with Butterscotch, episode number 35. And if you want to get your questions into the podcast in the future, go over to podcast.bscotch.net. You can also vote for other people's questions. So if you see something that's already been asked that you like and you want to hear us answer it, vote that shit up. Otherwise, we have a great community over at forums.bscotch.net. So... If you want to chat with us, chat with other other B-Scotch gamers, head on over to the forums. And I think that's all we got for this week. No, so, we have to we have to end with a reminder that hey guys, Crashlands is coming buy, out yeah. in on Thursday, January twenty first, and you should buy it on you everything, should. on all, and, all of the things. And if you're one of the one of the few, the proud, the people who listen to this podcast on the day that it comes out. Uh, you should, in the meantime, download our other games onto your mobile device and start playing the shit out of those because there are some hidden quest chains in Crashlands that will only be unlocked through our cross-game perk system. Yep. So get in on those. Um, I think we may have a blog post up with some of that info on it. So, uh, so hopefully we can help you out with that. So, all right. And that's all we got for this week. So we will see you next week on the other side. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with Butterscotch. Oh, shit. I missed the episode number. (laughs) All right. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) New, New format is throwing me off.